I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Ah, welcome. Please step right this way. How about a little music to set the mood? Welcome to the edge of reality. The realm of the paranormal. The unexplained. The strange. The unusual. Those things that go bump in the night. I am your host, the Southern Spectre. I hope you boys and ghouls are ready for a dead time story. <laughs> Please, pull up a chair, settle in, and cozy up for the Southern Spectre Podcast. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Southern Spectre Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah, and joined with me today is Miss Lexi. Hey, Miss Lexi, how are you? Hey, how's it going? It's going good. Uh, we are officially into the spooky season. Oops, it not. is. It is. It's, it's October already. I, I'm just trying to figure out where in the heck the rest of the, the year went because it just flew by. I agree. Um, so, did you what would you get up to spooky this weekend? Anything interesting happen around your home? No, not not too interesting. Didn't encounter any any spooks or spirits or anything. I did, however, take your suggestion and I started Midnight Mass on Netflix. Scared the crap out of me. I got up to about episode <laughs> five. I, you know, I think I'm big and bad. Oh, I'm a ghost hunter and whatever. No, I'm not at all. I had to turn the light on. I got scared. So, yeah, good show. I recommend it. Yeah, I've uh I've been a a a fan of Mike Flanagan who is of course the brains behind that whole operation. Uh I've been a fan of his since Hush, uh which is also another movie on Netflix. If you haven't ever seen it, I definitely recommend go checking it out. Um it's a it's very good one. It's very suspenseful. And uh, mighty funny, if you don't know this, there's actually a Midnight Mass reference in that movie. Um, oh, really? One of the characters in there is holding a book, and lo and behold, the book is entitled Midnight Mass. Um, huh. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. So he's kind of like looping all these, uh, you know, intertwining his stories together, which I like a lot. Uh, but on and the same you hand, yeah. that he also did Bly Manor? And was it yeah, Hill House? Yes, it was Hill House, Blind Manor. And I want to say, I haven't seen it, and maybe I need to go check it out. But I think he did Gerald's Game as well. See, that one, I, I'm i not brave enough to watch that one. I've seen too many really? reviews about it. I don't know. I think it might freak me out a little bit. 
I don't know. Um, have you seen it? You know, I have not. Um, so now I'm, I'm, my interest is peaked, and I, I feel like I need to go watch yeah. it. Right now, I'm looking at a huge wall of just Stephen King books. It's making me think about that. Um, I have Gerald's Game in my queue on Netflix mm-hmm. or Amazon, whatever it's on. I just haven't, I haven't felt up to it yet. Yeah, I need to go maybe watch this, it, man. Maybe this month, spooky season. But I, you know, me, I'm, I'm a little bit more. I, I love the like the Conjuring movies and, mm-hmm. and and all of that. I love all that stuff. Um, I don't really go into the whole like cheap scare factors. Right. Uh, but but you know, if something's on screen, I want I want it to do its best to try and to get me. <laughs> right. You know. Um. So yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's part of watching a good horror movie. It's part of the the thrill of of not knowing what's coming next. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, the the better off the movie can try attempt to do that with me, the better off I'll be. Right. Um, and then I actually yes, I just finished. We finished watching uh, Midnight Mass, which I which I was pleased with. Um, however, I started watching and we finished it because it was that good. Squid Game. If okay, you- <laughs> my husband started Squid Game and I asked him about it and he. All he said was, you wouldn't like it. So, <laughs> I mean, maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't. I don't know. Um, but he seemed I'll to like honest. it. He watched it, you know, he binged it, watched it, you know, in one setting or whatever. Right. He liked it. Yeah, that's the that's the way uh, I kind of felt about this. I think we got through it in, you know, like a day and a half. Um, because it's there between Squid Game and, um, oh, goodness, Midnight Mass, there mm-hmm. are two, there they're completely different horror movies. Um, you know, Midnight Mass is more of a slow burn, um, but I don't even know if I could consider Squid Game a horror movie. Really? Um, and if you watch, yeah, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but if you watch it, you'll understand why. Uh, but on the same hand, uh, there's plenty enough in there to keep you entertained. And on a horror movie level, I'll put it that way, uh, but like I said, once you watch it and see it, you'll understand what I mean by that. Uh, I was very impressed with that that movie. I mean, it, I, I call it a movie, but I think it's an actual show. Um, I think so. Because it, it says season one, and I think there's nine episodes in it. Okay, and, kind of like a miniseries type thing, sort of like Midnight Mass maybe? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the way it leaves off definitely you know they leave everything open anymore uh but yeah i could i couldn't recommend that enough i I really enjoyed that it was it was completely uh different take on some things and uh i really admired it for what it was i thought it was really great and um it's one of those things where it you're trying to figure out what could happen to who what when and how but it it's just it's crazy um but yeah if you haven't go uh, go go check out both of those movies those are some great things to get into um especially in the haunted season we are in uh not to mention if you have amazon prime uh of course they did this last year but uh bloom house uh the ones behind like uh paranormal activity mm-hmm. and um I'm trying to think what other there's a like insidious sinister i think those are some of the movies they've done but um yeah they have a slew of them that just come out last weekend i think there's two of them uh two movies on amazon prime 
uh, as of now, new ones that they come out with. Because last year they did the same thing where I think it was a total of four movies uh, and they called it Welcome to the Bloom House. And it's the same thing again this year. So they're introducing four more movies. Two came out this past weekend and two, I think, will come out halfway through October. So not this weekend coming up, but the following weekend, I believe it'll they'll debut. And so those look rather interesting as well. Um, to check those out. I haven't seen those come up yet. Yeah, go go check them out. Uh, they should be up under your like Amazon Originals or something. Um, but one thing also too, I'm kind of looking forward to it because I was a fan of it as a kid. But this Friday night, uh, the Muppets Haunted Mansion <laughs> will be on uh, Disney Plus. So okay. uh, I, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I, I'm a huge fan. Video. I know, right? I I love the Haunted Mansion itself, and and I'm a fan of the Muppets. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of it's a win win intrigued. Exactly. I'll make a note uh, of that so, one too. Not not my typical forte, but you know, right? I'll watch it. Why not? That's right. I mean, if I can sit down and watch Hocus Pocus time and time again, <laughs> why not? Yes. Um, uh, speaking of which, they're making a a new one, and from what I see on TikTok, they're they're building like whole new sets. Wow. And uh, yeah, they're making whole little towns and everything out of this. So uh, I'm definitely excited to see what the sequel will unfold. You know, I'm excited, but I'm nervous, you know, because sometimes yeah. sequels, they really just kind of wreck a franchise. Uh, oh, absolutely. But I don't know. It's been, what, 28, 29 years in the making now? Oh, dear God, it better, don't it better be good. <laughs> it better be good. <laughs> Um, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly, but those are some spooky things to kind of help kick off the, uh, spooky season there for you. Um, so this is, this show along with the next few that we put out will be considered, um, a grab bag of sorts. Uh, so think of it as a handful of trick or treats. Let's put it that way. So, you know, you just loaded up your whole bag of candy. You don't know what you're going to go what you're going to get. So you just dig, just dive your whole hand inside and whatever you pull out, that's what you get. So that's what we're going to do the next few episodes. <laughs> uh, because in all honesty, uh, me and Lexi had a whole episode. Uh, we had recorded it last week and uh, we had some time behind it. I'll put it that way. Uh, we had definitely had yeah, some time behind it. And I don't know what went wrong. Call it Gremlins, Ghost in the Machines, Timmy, whatever you want to refer to it as. All I'm telling you now is that the recordings did not come out the way they were supposed to. Oh, sad um, times. I'm telling you, it was, it was, I don't know if it was files corrupted or what, but uh, we'll get back around to that episode that we recorded because that is a definite must, especially for a show like ours. We definitely want to go back around and uh, pick up on that. But um, yeah, you notice I, I'm not telling you anything, and I, I got to keep you in the dark about some stuff. <laughs> uh, so with that being said, um, we're going to go ahead and kick this off today. Uh, like I said, I got, I got some spooky stories here, uh, some things I kind of came across today that I thought and felt compelled to share here on the show. And I kind of felt that they... They kind of ushered in, uh, uh, ushered in, some, you know, that whole Halloween spirit. Uh, some of it's strange, some of it's unusual, and 
for the most part, I just enjoyed reading these little stories. And uh, Lexi, she doesn't know about any of these stories, so that's just going to make it that much more fun. So, uh, but yeah, next week we'll see what. But you wouldn't. You want to? I did. Story, I so. did. Okay. I wanted an honest reaction to these stories. <laughs> now, it's not like these are bone chilling and anything like that. They're just strange. They're unusual. They're things that are actually happening in our world. So I thought it was interesting and uh, we'll see how they play out. Now, next week, uh, Lexi is going to grace us with whatever she pulls out of her, uh, her trick or treat bag. So we'll see how that goes. You said they're not going to be bone chilling, but you know how much of a chicken I am. Oh, come on now. You know. Oh no, they're not that bad. (laughs) Um, you know what? I'm going to do, I apologize for the delay, uh, but we're going to do one that just came to mind. Uh, and we're going, <laughs> I actually seen a TikTok about it earlier today. And it's one that I have never talked about here, uh, but I, I, I know about it. And it's funny because this is local to me. Um, there is an island off of the coast of South Carolina, which is known as Monkey Island. It sounds familiar, but keep going. Why would you think it's called Monkey Island? I don't know. How about the fact that it has a ton of monkeys (laughs) all over the island? How about that? (laughs) uh, It just seems a little off the coast of South Carolina, you said? Yeah, yeah. Just a little old South Carolina here. And uh, they are... The crazy thing about it is, is that there's stories about the island and where the monkeys came from, but nobody knows 100% sure as to why they're there. Um, So just looking here today, uh, they are, let me get, all right, so. So back in the summer of 79, 1979, uh, Jimmy Carter was president and uh, 1,400 rhesus monkeys were shipped to uh the island there you know here in south carolina uh which is just off the coast it's it's not very far off the coast but it sits Mm -hmm. off of the coast of beaufort now if you've heard any of the southern specter episodes before you may have heard me mention uh beaufort which is a coastal town here on the coast of south carolina now the name of this island is actually the official name is morgan island now, the monkeys that are still there today, um, they're actual descendants, of course, the original 1400 Reese's monkeys. Um, now, and that number has grown quite extensively to, I'd say, about 4,000 or more. Oh. Yeah. And so they asked that, you know, it's completely, I know, right? It's completely illegal to uh, even venture onto the island, but those with a boat. If you happen to come across the island, you can, you know, definitely look and observe mm-hmm. from the water. So, I mean, it, it's, it's pretty interesting uh, enough. So, it says that the original colony came from a primate research center in Puerto Rico. Uh, said they traveled over 1,300 miles to Morgan Island, where they were reestablished as a free-range colony and bred to fulfill the needs of biomedical researchers. And I knew that. Uh, I didn't know they came from Puerto Rico. I'll be honest with that. But I did know that they were used for biomedical research. Um, And the reason I know that is because my wife actually used to work at the farm where they were. uh, She worked on Monkey Island? 
uh, not on Monkey Island, oh. but uh, there's a there's a farm that's not far from Beaufort. Um, I don't know how much I should disclose about that. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. There's there's a farm. There's Actually, a there's two there of. Somewhere. Yeah, there's two there's two farms. Uh, I know exactly where they're at, um, and if you've been close enough to the coast, you probably passed by them and maybe didn't even realize it. But um, they are used for biomedical research. Um, they don't harm the monkeys in any type of way, um, but they are, you know, they're, like I said, there's research that, that is done. Now, of course, with that being said, uh, for various reasons, one thing or another, these monkeys may not all survive. And of course, that's just that's just the monkey's life, that's you know, right. but un it's, it's sad to say that, you know, 1400 monkeys were shipped down this way. And, you know, of all the places in the world where to send them, you know. Yeah. I, I kind of wondered, is there, is just the ecosystem there conducive to raising uh, these monkeys I, or was there a particular reason I, why I would there? think so, because if you ever go into the coastal regions here in South Carolina, if you go into, I don't want to say a forest because it's not really a mm -hmm. forest, but it's uh, it's like a swamp almost. So you get that uh, rich green canopy, much like the uh, rainforest. Okay. So when you walk into these woods or uh, into this brush, you're getting a lot of, it's like I said, there's a canopy up top that it keeps a lot of heat in. So it probably does. It probably is very reminiscent of home for these these monkeys. Um, but it goes on to say that uh, before the monkeys relocated, various social groups existed within their colony. When they were shipped, those same social groups were broken up. But after arriving to the island, the monkeys proceeded to reestablish those same groups. They had their in little other clip. words, <laughs> yeah. So in other words, even monkeys know how to keep in touch with their loved ones. So you have no excuse. Call your mom. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, like now, here's a couple of little rules here. It says uh, the monkeys prefer to enjoy a natural, undisrupted habitat. Okay. Humans are gross. Uh, they may be carrying disease that could potentially be transmitted to the monkeys. I agree. Uh, they are wild animals and they may seem cute, but they can, they, you, they will they attack you. the monkeys. Yeah. Uh, and if if that's not enough to keep you away from there, then know that uh, anyone caught uh, on the island will be arrested for trespassing. Oh, wow. Okay, <laughs> well, I'll take that. Let me scratch that off my list then. That's right. Now, it's funny because this actually brought up another memory for me. Uh, if anybody around this area in the in the in South Carolina, you may or may not be familiar with what I'm about to say. There, there still is, there used to be, I want to say there still is. I haven't been to it in a very long time. But back when I was growing up, there was a, a store in Columbia, South Carolina, our capital, that was called Cromer's Peanuts. It's still there. It's just uh, various locations now. Okay. And they were, they, this is no joke. Their motto is guaranteed worst in town. Okay. <laughs> when, when Aiming high. Was, I know, right? When the company was established, the gentleman that started the company saw that everybody was guaranteeing that they were the best in town. So he went the opposite the opposite way. And believe it or not, it worked. Okay. Uh, he drew in business that way. 
Um, it was a place he sold party supplies. You could get, uh, I know even today you can get like circus style popcorn, corn dogs, uh, pretty much anything you can get at a state fair or a country oh, fair or uh, I'm not a country fair, a county fair. Mm -hmm. uh, you can get from there and you can bring it home and make it yourself. Oh, nice. um, a lot of people even stop in there for lunch. You know, uh, really? those who work down around the area, yeah, they'll swing in there. And I mean, it smells great when you go in there. But the point I'm getting to is that back in one of their original locations was what is called Dutch Square Mall. They used to be in the mall there. Okay. And they had this store. And believe it or not, I, I used to love going in there, whether we bought anything or not. I used to love going in there. And the reason being is because all the way at the back of the store as high up as you could possibly get there used to be a clear window and in that window they had little i want to say they were capuchin monkeys jumping what? around in there yeah so they were all on display up there and they had like these um like these ropes and swings and uh huh. things that the monkeys could climb on and so when you're down when you're walking through the store and you look up and you can see the monkeys and the monkeys could see you. How so cool. yeah, they would look at you just as much as you were looking at them. I promise you. Uh, were they and monkey I would just, Island monkeys? Do we know that? I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, cause well, you know, that was what 1979 it said. Mm -hmm. And, uh, shoot, this was in the eighties I'm referring to. So okay. it's quite possible. Yeah. Who knows? It's very quite possible, but yeah, I just, it, that, that just kind of brought that memory back for me. Cause, uh, like I said, that was one thing, even, even if we didn't, if we were anywhere near the mall, mm -hmm. I had to go and see the monkeys. Yeah. It was worth the trip. Going and then, in there. yeah. And believe it or not, I don't know if this, if it was this way before it expanded, but I do recall that Chick-fil-A was, uh, the only place you could find them around here were, was in the malls. That's kind of how it they, used to be here, too. Yeah. And so, see, they, they were all belonged to a food court at that point. Uh -huh. So, if you were in the mall, you had to go to Chick-fil-A. Had to eat Chick-fil-A. Had to eat at Chick-fil-A, and you had to um, visit the monkeys. So. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good so, trip to me. Chick-fil-A, monkey visit, it, the mall. It, it, it always perfect was. perfect day of the we, 80s. That's just exactly perfect little time capsule. And then a stop by the arcade. There you go. You, you can't go wrong with the arcade. You can't go wrong with that. And Getting the nostalgia you're vibes. Spending all, all your money. There you go. Or, or maybe stop by KB Toys. Oh, that hurt my heart right there. <laughs> Remember, they used to have the little table out front with all the yes. toys on display, and they had the little oh, wind-up puppy dogs, and they would flip over and keep walking. They'd flip again, and they just put everything out there on, in front. And Oh, man. That's crazy. And I can picture in my head exactly where in my mall it was. What all was around it? Hmm. Loved it. Walden I'm glad books. You can. I can. Oh my lord! I used to love me some Walden books. Mm -hmm. What was that other bookstore? Oh, there was Walden books. Uh, B. Dalton. B. Dalton. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm That's picturing. Crazy. I'm picturing the mall now. Now I'm getting off track, but that sounds the, like a good, no, good day. I'm telling you though that that was that was the best. I mean, you couldn't beat growing up in the '80s. Um, we just had a lot to do. And, uh, I mean, it, and I'll be honest with you. One thing I do miss from the eighties is the commercials. We had some of the best commercials in oh, the eighties. Yeah. 
I mean, they were entertaining oh in and of themselves. Absolutely. And nobody tried either. It was just <laughs> well thought out. And right. hey, let me, uh, you know, we'll throw it together. And uh, we we enjoyed it. I mean, what can I say? And like 35 years later, we still know where's the beef. That's right. We do. So. Where is the beef? Where where did that? Was that Wendy's? Was it Wendy? I think it had to be Wendy's. I think it was Wendy's. I think I think it was Wendy's. Where's the beef? That old mean old looking lady. <laughs> She looked mean. She did look mean. Where's the beef? Where's the beef? Yeah. <laughs> it's been a year or two. All right. So moving on to the next little story I have here. Uh, this is known. I won't give you the. I won't give you the name of it. But uh, we'll get to that here in a minute. Okay. But located in the eastern Yemen, in the middle. Oh, I'm sorry. Located in eastern Yemen, in the middle of the desert in Al-Mara province, lies the Well of Barut. I'm hoping I'm saying that. Okay. The Well of Barut, or better known as the Well of Hell, oh. uh, is a naturally occurring sinkhole with a massive opening measuring 98 feet in diameter. Wow. Last month... So I think it was the end of September. Explorers from nearby Oman became the first people to descend to the bottom of the 367-foot deep sinkhole. 367 feet. That's crazy. Yeah, almost 400 feet. Wow. Uh, A total of 10 explorers from the Omani Caves Exploration Team, or OSET for short, lowered eight of their members into the sinkhole. Now, although in the past other explorers have entered the sinkhole, Oset was the first to reach the bottom. Wow. The sinkhole is believed to be millions of years old, and of course, with a moniker such as Well of Hell, it even comes with a few myths and legends surrounding it. I can imagine so. Now, I wonder why the previous explorers never reached the bottom. Did they just not have the equipment? Uh, or I just don't they think they had the equipment. I just don't think they had the equipment. Um, I, I believe there a lot of them were uh, amateur. More amateur. Amateur cave, yeah, cave explorers and stuff. So, Muhammad Al-Kindi, a geology professor at the German University of Technology in Oman, who was part of the OSET team, told French news agency AFP, quote, passion drove us to do this. And we felt that this is something that will reveal a new wonder and part of Yemeni history. End quote. Uh, they have claimed to find, have found waterfalls, snakes, Ew. dead animals, stalagmites, and cave pearls. But huh. unsurprisingly, they have not found any genies or jinn uh, or a doorway to hell. Now, jinn, if you don't know, is... Um, it's believe I'm trying to think. Uh, it's believed in their culture that jinn are almost like a type of demon. Oh, uh, okay. They, yeah. Uh, if you if you ever well, watched for them any, that they didn't find any. <laughs> for real. Now it it does say genie, but uh, I think it's more close to. I think it's more akin to a demon, uh, okay. from what my understanding is, and that's just my understanding from what I've watched on YouTube and stuff because I've watched some videos on there that will. Definitely, yeah, we're going to do a video uh, 
one day where I'm going to reveal to you some of the videos I've watched and uh, let you let you. Uh, I want to get your your take yeah. on those videos. That sounds like it's worth a worth a deeper dive into. I'm telling you. Um, so they some myths have sprung up to explain the sinkhole, such as gin or genies. Uh, now a lot of a lot of which are believed to cause bad luck. Now, some people believe that if they get too close, the sinkhole will pull them inside, which is easy enough to believe. I mean, why wouldn't you believe it? Because oh, yeah. that's how gravity works. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Big old hole in the ground. I mean, you don't know. You yeah, don't want to get close enough exactly. to it to find out. Now, some people claim that this is a like the entrance to a super volcano capable of destroying the Earth. Although scientists say there's no scientific evidence to back that claim up. Okay. Uh, now, those up on the surface have also reported uh, smelling a very smell of very foul odor. Um, now, when they went down in there, uh, you know, the team, when they got down in there, they said it, they found a lot of dead bodies of animals, uh, most more often than not birds. Okay. And they said that could be what was causing the foul stench because that you know people once they were from the top right. they were they were smelling that and they were thinking oh my god it's a gateway to hell, uh, right. but but it's dead I, birds, I know right it's just dead birds. Um, and this is morbid, but did they not find any dead people in there? Um, I not from not from what I've read so far, but uh, there's still time. Yeah. <laughs> They're not going to give all um, away all their secrets yet. Exactly. Uh, they said uh, the OSET team descended into the sinkhole. They, they described the floor as uneven and jagged, covered with stalagmites. Uh, some of these stalagmites actually reached um, 30 feet tall. Wow. Uh, some parts of the floor was covered in what is known as cave pearls which are also also a type of speleothems, which are structures in caves such as stalagmites and stalactites that form from the gradual buildup of minerals such as calcium from dripping water. Okay. Uh, Leslie, I'm probably going to butcher his name but, or her name, Leslie Malim, a geolo geologist at Western Illinois University who specializes in cave pearls, uh, had this to say, quote, uh, cave pearls form from dripping or flowing water as concentric layers of mineral, usually around some kind of a nucleus, end quote. Uh, quote, practically anything can act as a nucleus, whatever is present in the cave or mine. Since the nucleus is loose, minerals can grow entirely around the grain, which starts as a pearl forming, end quote. Um, so it does go on to say that cave pearls are uncommon and can grow only on parts of a cave floor that are completely flat so that the nucleus doesn't move around. Um, they also discovered water uh, emerging from several holes in the cave walls at around 213 feet below the surface, uh, wow. which created the waterfalls. Um and this, of course, helped in the development in the speleothems that they encountered later on. Uh, they also reported seeing snakes, frogs, beetles, uh, dead animals, mainly birds, 
uh, which had fallen into the pit. Uh, yeah, I definitely need to see some of these videos for sure. I'm telling you. Um, now, this is just from what I've seen so far, this isn't an actual video, just some pictures and stuff. But yeah, I mean, you know, you're out in the middle of the desert and this huge hole just sitting there. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, we know that there's water in the desert, but it's, it's odd to see that there's waterfalls in the desert. Yeah. Especially um, there. That's, that's crazy. Isn't it? Now it says that they went on, they collected samples of water, rock, soil, and dead animals to all have that am, an, uh, analyzed. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and you said this was in September? Uh, yeah, it was the end of September. I want to say it was like September 21st or oh, 24th. Okay. So that, that, that was that really was reported. Recent. Yeah, yeah, it was this year when they when they actually went down there. Uh, now the the sinkhole itself wasn't actually discovered then. It was just that that was when they made their the way expedition. into the cave. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. All right. I'll so keep an eye on that one. See if they, you know, what kind of info they release on it. That's interesting. Right. All right, so the next one, me and I had actually brought it up when we were recording our last episode. Uh, so this one is known, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't know um, too much about this one. All I know is about what is it's telling us. Okay. So this is called SCP-1733. I was hoping you'd bring and, this one up. <laughs> I've been waiting on I, this one. I found it very interesting, uh, but this comes from the SCP Foundation. Uh, if there is such a thing, I can't even tell you if this is even 100% real. This may be something similar to a creepypasta, uh, but nonetheless, I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, even if it's not real, somebody has a very creative imagination. Like I said, I'm uh, a sucker for some good creepypastas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so this is a SCP-1733. Um, that just refers to how it's classified, I guess. But it's it's a number that has been given to a DVR. Um, let me read this correctly. All right. So SCP-1733 itself is an actual recording. Okay, so there's a DVR that contains this SCP-1733. And it's kept in a secure video archive, and it does not reveal the location. This, um, like I said, this is a piece of digital footage uh, that is only used for, uh, strictly used to only be played back for research purposes only so personnel this is what threw me for a loop the first time that i was that i was reading it but it says personnel must contact dr geller for permission to study scp 1733 immediately i thought ross geller from friends <laughs> i'm like isn't his daddy a doctor but then the way his daddy acted on that show i don't think he was so. i don't think so <laughs> well did you contact him did you get the video for us Oh my, of course not. Okay. <laughs> I'm disappointed. Uh, you and me both. This was last minute. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, we'll have to dive into more of these, but we'll, um, th this is interesting nonetheless. So 
The SCP-1733 is an actual digital recording of a 2010-2011 NBA seasoning opener uh, between Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. I know what is paranormal about that. Well, it gets interesting. So this game actually was held in Boston, Massachusetts on October 26, 2010. Uh, Now, those uh, agents... It says agents. I don't know who these agents were, but it says monitoring social networking sites were alerted to SCP-1733 when Boston native, and his name is redacted, complained in a Facebook thread on October 27th about a technical foul in the third quarter of the game involving players Ray Allen and Chris Bosch that never occurred in the original broadcast. Hmm. So I'm going to repeat that again yeah. in case you un- <laughs> in case you don't know where I'm going with this. So the game that everybody watched on TV on the night of October 26, 2010, uh, when this was when these these clips were put on uh, were put on to I guess social media sites fans were watching and one fan uh, had filed a complaint saying that there was in the clip there there was a technical foul uh, between players Ray Allen and Chris Bosch that never actually occurred in the original game. Okay, so you so have people happened? that watched it live and then watched the recording in their different games. Different things happened. Bingo. Okay. That's odd. Very. So when confronted, another name has been redacted, uploaded the relevant segment, much to the confusion of his derogators, uh, foundation agents embedded in Facebook's moderator team <laughs> deleted the thread and procured the IP addresses of all individuals present at the chat at this time to locate and administer class A M M. Lord, why does this word <laughs> seem so difficult? Amnestics? Oh. Is that anesthesia? I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe we need to consult a dictionary. I don't know. It sounds like something like an after school program. It like does. gymnastics, but amnestics. Amnestics. Uh yeah, I no clue. Alright, so it sounds like long story short. Spooky, though. <laughs> exactly. I would not right. want those administered to me. I, for real. Especially if I don't know what they are. Exactly. Uh, uh, so these agents, uh, they, long story short, they followed these people that were com- making these complaints. And uh, they followed the guy who had made the complaint. And they followed the person that had actually uploaded the footage. Now, the Motorola brand DVR containing SCP-1733 has been re- was recovered for study. So here's where it gets really interesting. So study of the footage has since revealed the nature of the recording's anomalous properties. In other words, every time they watch this, things in the video are changing. Things that did not occur during the game. And this expands out to the fans, to the players, to everyone involved on the actual video. Uh, so are you saying so it's new rewatching? Things are Something different happens. Yes. Okay. Um, it 
it's not the same. It's not the same uh, from the time it was watched before. And it has been played so many times, and we're going to get into that here in just a moment. Um, but it's been played so many times that it has been claimed that the players as well as the fans and all those on the video have become self-aware uh, as to realize that we're here, we shouldn't be, what is going on? Uh, so it hmm. says that although initially diverging from the original broadcast, only negligibly, such as quarter point totals and occurrences of fouls, it SCP-1733 has begun to markedly digress from the content of its earlier playbacks. That's what I just told you. Right. So at first, at first, you know, the, after the first few viewings, they noticed that the total number of points at the end of each each quarter uh, may have been different. Uh, the number of fouls that occurred and it were accrued throughout the game, uh, they were they were changing. All this was changing, and so the more they watched it, the more changes that were being made. So recorded entities have been observed to retain memory of previous playings. So those that are actually in the video, players and fans and any, anyone else involved, they actually are having memory of the previous uh, times that this video has been watched. So they know it's not right either. They know something's up. Yeah. It's, or it's it appears like, uh, they do in the video. Supposedly. Um, it's Groundhog Day. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's Groundhog Day. Um, although only one person in Groundhog Day was aware of what was actually going on. Huh. Uh, let's see here. Isn't it? Uh, it says... I, say, I hadn't heard it this is, one before. It before is hypothesized. It. I'm telling you. I, I just happened to come across it the other day, and I thought it was interesting. So... It says recorded entities have been, like I said, have been observed to retain memory of previous playings and as such have developed a burgeoning awareness of their existence. It is hypothesized that playbacks impart an unquantifiable measure of, of cognizance to the entities uh, which inhabit SCP-1733, with consecutive playings greatly expanding recall of previous events. So basically... The more it's played, the more they become aware of the past and of themselves. So do they start freaking they, out? I have no idea. Let's, let, let's, let's dive in a little bit. Huh. Um, it also goes on to say that um, no entities inside SCP-1733 have ever addressed the viewer directly or shown awareness that they reside in a digital recording. Okay, so all they know is that they are somewhere where they're not supposed to be. Mm -hmm. They have memories of past playbacks and they are they're they're becoming more self-aware of where they actually are, but they aren't aware that they are in fact in a digital recording or are aware of those at home who are watching this recording. It's like a weird deja vu kind of. For real. Uh, the individuals in the recording are virtually indistinguishable from their real-life counterparts in talent, behavior, and mannerisms on court. 
fans in the crowd also appear to be real human beings in all respects and foundation inquiries into the current status of these persons has found nothing of note for all intents and purposes recorded entities appear to be the actual individuals but somehow abiding in a digital medium hmm and it, for whatever reason, it's, it goes on to say, but it's it's redacted. It has mm-hmm. the actual number of how many people were in attendance that night at the gardens for this basketball game. Like I said, the number is redacted. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to picture this said, in my head. And the more you think about it, the more it gets creepy. You know, when you try and picture it, just, I don't know, kind of spooky. Well, when you think about it, imagine playing Mario Brothers and you get stuck on a level and you can't beat it. And then Mario becomes aware of that you suck as a game player and turn, you know, even, you know, he's like, man, why am I still here? Right. (laughs) That's true. Um, It is. Uh, So initially it was is the fact that, you know, it's this actual NBA game. People watched it live. These people Mm -hmm. were really there. But then... Well, I'll let you continue, but I have questions. Oh, I do too. Because my first thing is, what in the heck was this recorded on? Yes, I know it was the DVR, but was this all recordings of it? I mean, did they track down other recordings of this? Was it just this DVR? More than one source. It's not just, you know, in 2010, they had to have had multiple sources of recording. Right. So my question is, is it the recorder or is it what it was shot on? So is it the camera? But, you know, with sporting events, they usually have more than one camera. Right. So I don't know. Uh, so initially it was thought that the purpose of SCP-1733 was to, was to depict an infinite number of game outcomes since players were able to modify offensive and defensive strateg- strategies during every playback By playback 34, players and coaches became so keenly adapted to the opposing team's playbook that the score remained zero to zero until three minutes and 34 (laughs) seconds in the first quarter. So they learned from their mistakes. They They kept watching. They were learning. We're not going to do this again, or we're going to do this the same way. We're not going to do this. They're going to do this. Well, I mean, if you were that aware of it, why didn't you just change it? Why didn't you change your actions to, oh, well, he's going to be expecting this. Let me do this. (laughs) Maybe it took him 34 (laughs) times to figure it out. I don't know. Watch. He's going to be waiting on me to zag, but I'm really going to zig. You know, something like that. (laughs) Some people, even after 34 times, they don't learn their lesson. They don't learn from their mistakes. Maybe it just took time number 35, and they're like, okay, we have it figured out. Now we got it. Yes, we got it now. So as a as quality of recall was still weak in early stage iterations, memory of preceding playbacks likely manifested as a vague intuition felt by players, fans, and team personnel alike. Excuse me. Interfering with their ability to grasp the full scope of their situation. So I think that just answered my question. Right. So by playback 45, comprehension of their predicament had reached such a point that players declined to play altogether (laughs) 
and assembled with the rest of those in attendance to formulate possible escape plans. Okay, it I is- was waiting for this. It took them 34 <laughs> watchings of this. 40, 45. 45, 45. Okay, it's about time. Yeah. So it is the conclusion of foundation researchers that the inhabitants of SCP-1733 are imprisoned in the setting of the recording as they have been unable to exit by any means. Doors leading out of the arena have not yielded to an estimated force in excess of uh, redacted. (laughs) Uh, The assembly has also been unable to exit from locker rooms, player facilities, and skyboxes. Waiting for patrons arriving in at scripted points prior to the start of the first quarter has also been unsuccessful. Individuals leave by where patrons entered and are then unable to navigate and escape from the adjacent corridors that girdle the main arena. Escape attempts have since grown more desperate and have included failed attempts at constructing makeshift explosives, all-out rioting, the fracture of the assembly into three opposing factions, and by playback redacted, the ritualistic murder and disembowelment of players in the hope of appeasing whatever it is that confines them. Uh, however, upon the beginning of a new playback, all persons are returned to their pre-game status. The state. It's not funny, but wow. Yeah, okay. Researchers have been unable to duplicate the effects of SCP-1733 with other recordings made by the DVR confirming the device is not the source of SCP-1733's aberrant properties. Due to the distress visited upon inhabitants of SCP-1733, testing has been suspended indefinitely. So then they give you this timeline of things that occurred so in that what i just read we understood that by play playback 45 players refused to play cameraman facility personnel players commentators and crowd members gather in the court to appraise the situation all persons are convinced they are reliving the same game repeatedly doors are tested but cannot be budged recording closes as crowd begins to fashion makeshift weapons to pry open doors Last instance of camera being manipulated by the camera crew. All following playbacks are seen through a single static shot of a broadcast view camera. Uh, We move ahead. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Playback 52. The man knocked unconscious in previous. Okay, wait a minute. Let me. All right. Playback 51. No attempts to exit the building have succeeded. All exits in the arena and adjacent areas remain sealed. A physical alteration altercation in balcony section 318 between an inebriated group of college-aged males and one older male leaves the older male concussed on the floor and unconscious. Yikes. Uh, as broadcast <laughs> camera is unable to pick up audible voices on opposite side of the arena, Presumably, the dispute occurred over the group of males not assisting with escape plans. First recorded violent incident. <laughs> Playback 52. First the man not redacted. <laughs> I know, right? 
play in playback 52, the man knocked unconscious in the previous playback is returned to previous state unharmed upon the beginning of current recording. The man ambushes and bludgeons one of his attackers to oh, death at, <laughs> at marker 34 minutes and 12 seconds. I wasn't expecting that. That's great. Like, good for okay. him. Good for him. I know, right? It just, he learned his he lesson. just got fed up with it. Yeah. Uh, so in playback 65, the crowd is unable to exit the facility. Congregation has since dissolved into the following groups and, quote, factions. Players, coaches, and all involved team personnel have presumably barricaded themselves in off-screen player facilities. The infirm and parents accompanied by their children have retreated to the northeast corner of the balcony rise and have elected to wait out playbacks as they occur, marking their territory with a Celtics championship flag draped over section 320. Redacted individuals henceforth referred to as the quote unquote faith keepers have proselytized to multiple gatherings that they believe being confined to the TD garden is a punishment for rampant consumerism of the post industrial world and have burned quote offerings of mobile phones, car keys, handbags, and wallets in center court for the past four playbacks. That would probably be me. (laughs) Oh dear God, get me out of here. (laughs) I'll burn the offerings. I don't care. Just let me out. For real, you can have my Samsung. Just take my uh, take my iPhone. Whatever. The group comprises Boston churchgoers and redacted, a notable portion of adults numbering approximately redacted, redacted. individuals. However, remain diligent in formulating escape plans. Uh, let me see. I'm kind of. Oh my lord! So playback ninety five. Ninety five? I thought they were going to stop. Ninety five. I don't know. I thought they said I'll they were going to stop. Put it this way: it, it goes up to one twelve, and then there are three more, um, three more playbacks, but the numbers are covered up, so we don't know how oh. far they went. Oh shoot! So in playback ninety five. Mm-hmm. Hedonistic displays of sex and violence have sufficiently <laughs> curbed the efforts of uh, pro- pros- I can't even say the word pros- proselytizers. Proselytize, whatever. There's another word to look up in the dictionary. Yeah, I agree. I need a thesaurus. Proselytizers. Makeshift curtains are hung around the site of an orgy at Lodge 8 <laughs> and at the urging of Section 320 members. Now, if you recall, the Section 320 members were the same uh, faith keepers uh, that were in Section 320. Like, cover that crap up, y'all. Um, Take a curtain or something. Oh, wow. Okay, so in Playback 112, condi- conditions have deteriorated considerably. Even I would more. say so. Uh, redacted individuals leapt from balcony section in opening 10 minutes of Playback 112. Uh, so it goes to the next one. This is playback redacted. Faith keepers storm player facilities to retrieve Paul Pierce and LeBron James. The players are ritually sacrificed and their bodies are subsequently displayed on the arena's jumbotron. Oh the my murder God. of players seems to have no effect on the recording. <laughs> 
Oh my lord, it gets worse. It wow. gets so much worse. Like we talked about this, but I didn't realize it got that intense. Oh, it gets I didn't worse. realize that LeBron was offered up as a sacrifice. It's terrible. Uh, get, uh, well, <laughs> all right. Okay, wait a minute. I, I said this wrong. Okay, so earlier I mentioned that the um, that three section those in the section three twenty were the faith keepers. Apparently not. Oh, okay. Uh, so those are two different factions, I guess. Uh, so then in playback, another playback redacted, uh, proselytizers have begun to call for the sacrifice of children. Adults have formed a wall between group 320 and the faith keepers. And then in the final playback, it says the first recorded deviation in arena light to a deep red color data expunged is what it says. So I'm assuming that the rest of that data is uh, nowhere to be found. But yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty wild and crazy if I have to say so myself because uh, I have no... I mean, it's like you're basically stuck in a time loop, but you're not... In in real life, you're not stuck in a time loop. Your your videoed version of yourself is... It's like you're stuck in a uh, video game. But you're not really stuck in a time loop because it's only <laughs> it's only when it's played back. So I blame these people who are continuously bl- yes, playing like, it back. Yes, quit it. But, so uh, I wonder, I though, guess... if they had decided to go the complete other way with it, if they decided, like, hey, we can't do anything about it. Let's just have fun and turn it into, like, you know, Harlem Globetrotters and everybody just having a good time. You know? I have no idea. I, I don't know. I reckon they wanted to see what would happen to, I mean, I guess because, like they said, they discovered that they were cognizant of everything, and then the more they played, you know, the more they allowed the the video to play back, that it was just, you know, they. I guess they wanted to see how far they could take it. I guess so. Yikes. Um, isn't that crazy? That is wild. That is wild. And I'm just trying to picture it this whole time, and it just keeps getting worse and worse. I'm telling you. Because even though you know that those people on screen are just a video version of the of the real person, mm-hmm. it's crazy to see that that stuff that you know. Well, I was there at the game. None of this happened. None of this. And happened. then you're watching this stuff unfold. So that's crazy. That's and, wow. That's a good one. That's I agree. a good one. Um, so my last little story I have here tonight is about the bank station uh bank station in london england okay so according to author stever roud in his book london lore a man by the name of philip whitehead worked as a clerk at the bank of england way back when okay so philip soon made friends with the wrong crowd and before long he was forging checks uh, Philip's devious behavior soon caught up with him in 1811 when he was caught and executed. Yikes. Philip's sister, Sarah, began showing up at Philip's former place of employment, grieving and mourning the loss of her brother. Sarah continued to visit the Bank of England every day for the rest of her life and quite possibly in death. Ooh. The former Bank of England is known today as Bank Station and is part of England's underground tube station, which is a lot like our subway system here in the U.S. Okay. 
Bank Station is the city's deepest station at 135 feet below street level. Wow. Near, nearly 300,000 people use Bank Station on a daily basis, and some of these people claim to have had a brush with something otherworldly. Meg, a London resident, says, quote, Have you ever been walking through Bank Station late at night and encountered a strange feeling of dread and foreboding, coupled with a putrid smell like that of an open tomb? Well, this is quite possibly because the next station on the line, Liverpool Street, was built on top of one of London's biggest plague pits. And let's not forget that Banks Ticket Hall was once a church crypt, end quote. Some commuters claim to have reported a nun dressed in black roaming the station. The black nun, as she's often referred to, is said to roam throughout the station and her, quote, groans and wails can be heard throughout the tunnels. The black nun is believed to be the ghost of none other than Sarah Whitehead. I was wondering if that was her. Yeah, so apparently she was a nun, I guess, and she liked to dress in black and she would show up for her. Every day. uh, Yeah, every day for for her brother, I guess, to mourn the loss of her brother. But uh, I guess she had I thought that one there was, you know, kind of give me the good spooky, cryptic vibes. And I was like, you know what? That's a good one to end end the show on. So pretty much uh, anything that comes out of London, you know, any of that old stuff is super creepy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And not to mention the fact that. They said it was, you know, not far, or the next stop up the line was used to be one of the biggest plague pits. Yeah. And during the plague, they just throw, they, there was no place to bury bodies, so they would just throw people in these pits huh. like a mass grave. That's quaint. Isn't it, though? Mm. It beats the heck out of SCP-1733. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I still don't know what to think about S- what SCP-1733. 1733. Is that right? Yes. Yes. I still don't know what to think about that one. That one's going to stick with me. My question is, when did Motorola create a DVR? <laughs> I don't... I, hey, maybe now you found you found the hole in the story. But I think your homework for next week is to get an interview with Dr. Geller. Oh, my the Lord. The research guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if if you know, can... I'm going to be disappointed. If I can find, uh, I will definitely email somebody. Yeah, I sure, I sure will. Make some phone calls, send some emails. You can get it done. I think, I think that we should definitely look into what the other SCPs in this uh, foundation are. Yes, I looked it up the other day because you were telling me about it. It stands for SCP. Apparently, stands for Secure, Contain, Protect. That is correct. So is this real? Spoiler alert. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if they, I can do tell good, by this. <laughs> they do a good job online of trying to make it oh, seem absolutely. real. Okay. But oh. I got on Reddit. That's what I'm looking at now. I'm obsessed with Reddit. And it says secure, contain, protect official subreddit of the SCPWiki.com, which you mentioned the other day. That's right. Official subreddit of the SCPWiki.com Collaborative Fiction Project. Uh-huh. I know. All right. So here's... here. They even went as far as... Here's the introduction 
for the SCP Foundation, okay? Mm-hmm. Mankind in its present state has been around for a quarter of a million years, yet only the last 4,000 have been any have been of any significance. So, what did we do for nearly 250,000 years? We huddled in caves and around small fires, fearful of the things that we didn't understand. It was more than explaining why the sun came up. It was the mystery of enormous birds with heads of men and rocks that came to life. So we called them gods and demons, begged them to spare us, and prayed for salvation. In time, their numbers dwindled and ours rose. The world began to make more sense when there were fewer things to fear. Yet the unexplained can never truly go away, as if the universe demands the absurd and impossible. Mankind must not go back to hiding in fear. No one else will protect us, and we must stand for ourselves. While the rest of mankind dwindle, uh, dwells in the light, we must stand in the darkness to fight it, contain it, and shield it from the eyes of the public. Secure, so contain, may, protect. <laughs> so that others may live in a sane and normal world. We secure, we contain, we protect. We protect. Wow, they're going to go big or go home, aren't they? All all that you can be in (laughs) the SCP. (laughs) Hey, that Reddit group has 582,000 members. Well, 582,000 members can't be wrong. They can't be. And that's just one SCP. What? That's just one of the SCPs. I think they, again, spoiler alert, I think it's like creepypastas. There's several of them. Oh, my God. All right, so here's the primary classes of how, <clears throat> excuse me, <coughs> of how these things are broken down. So these are all classified. All these items, objects, things, uh, whatever, are all classified. So you have a safe class, which is what SCP-1733 is. It okay. says safe class SCPs are anomalies that are easily and safely contained. Uh, a Euclid. Euclid class SCPs are anomalies that require more resources to contain completely or where containment isn't always reliable. Then you have a Keter. Keter class uh, are exceedingly difficult to contain consistently or reliably with containment procedures often being extensive and complex. And um, they're about to lose me. Damiel. Damiel. put a lot of work into these. I'm telling you. There goes into Thamuel, Neutralized, Apollyon, and Archon. (laughs) I can tell you right now, SCP-1733, that's probably the the extent I can go with my intelligence. It sounds like it gets more intense after that. If you go to YouTube and type that in, because I wanted to verify this. I wanted to verify that this was 100% real. Uh, Like, as far as, was this game the real thing when it what they were referring to in this SCP because right. I was is, curious was if it was an game. actual game yeah did, it's a real did game. The game occurred. The, okay yeah the game occurred I don't I didn't get the date but it was between those two teams okay. and if you go to YouTube and type that in like I did uh, you will go and look at, read some of the comments in there it was like it's a shame what these players are going through right now and we have no idea and so on so. <laughs> how many times did you watch it <laughs> I don't know. There's only a, there ain't no telling how many. But this one was uh, this one was just like a highlight reel, so it wasn't the full game. Okay. Yeah. It didn't show the disembowelment and 
No, you got to get with Dr. Okay. Geller for all that. Okay. Well, I expect him to be on the show. I'm going to reach out to a daggum Dr. Geller. Pronto. I want to get Dr. Geller on the show. I want his I want his opinion on this. That's right. I need your professional opinion. If you won't let me see the tape, well, I need you to be on the show. Yep. Wow. Well, That's those are good. Yeah, I enjoyed them. Had a pretty and now good next week, there. that's going to be, it's all going to fall on you. you I need Yikes. you to come up with some good stuff. SCP-1734. No. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little too easy. That's right. But, yeah, anything happening in the world, whatever you decide to bring, uh, whether it be spooky, whether it be real, whatever, just like I said, it's a grab bag. So whatever okay. you reach in and pull out. That's what we'll have. And this is the month for it. It is Absolutely. spooky season. So consider this trick-or-treat grab bag number one. All right. Well, Lexi, I have thoroughly enjoyed this episode, um, as, as well as you, the listener at home. I hope you all did, because we had a blast doing this one. Yes, we did. Creeped me out, though. <laughs> I told you it would. That was good stuff. I enjoyed it. stuff. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in with us. Um, if you haven't already, go follow, like, leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. We greatly appreciate it. It definitely helps out the show. Um, and uh, if you know someone out there who would, uh, who you think would enjoy the show, please recommend us to them. We'd appreciate it. Uh, be sure to follow us along on social media. You can find us on Instagram.com forward slash the Southern Spectre, as well as Facebook.com forward slash the Southern Spectre podcast. And uh, until next time, y'all be sure to take care and take care of each other. Lexi. Adios, amigos.